This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. And now, the new home of the Chicago Bears. We are live from the State Street Old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. Welcome to Black and Abdallah. On ESPN Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. You just missed them. They're on the way out. Black's still here, actually. They were in for Waddle and Sylvie today, 2 to 6. You miss anything, check it out on the podcast, on the Black and Abdallah podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. You can watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago, also on YouTube. It's all brought to you by Country Thunder. The Thunder returns to Twin Lakes July 18th to 21st. Get your tickets at countrythunder.com. Lots to get to tonight. It is an all-calls welcome Friday as well, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. So we would love to hear anything and everything that is on your mind. 312-332-3776-312-332-3776. Three seven seven six. We'll start here with the Chicago Bears. It is a Bears Friday, and there is this is a turning point, I think, in the Chicago Bears season. When you look at what's been accomplished so far, or what hasn't been accomplished so far this season, you look at the Chicago Bears. They sit at four and eight right now, coming off of a bye week, and also, I think, more importantly, coming off of a win—the first divisional win. In the Matt Eberflus era, and the first chance now of the, or rather, not the first chance of the season, but a chance now for the first time to put together consecutive wins in the Matt Eberflus era. The Bears have not won back to back games ever since Matt Eberflus took over the Chicago Bears. Now, it's been an up and down year. You've had Justin Fields for games, you've had Tyson Bajan for games. Now it's back to Fields because of the injuries. But this kind of gets to something that we heard earlier in the week. And Bears tight end Cole Komet was talking a little bit earlier in the week about how this is the chance now for the Bears to go on a run, right? You look at the final five games, this is a chance to really stamp yourself and find yourself in a good position to close out the season. This is a chance for the Bears to really show who they are and, in some cases, save a lot of jobs, whether that's for better or for worse. But I want to know this from Bears fans. Where is the optimism coming from? Where is your Bears optimism coming from that they can go on a run? Ooh, run the table 5-0, and 4-1, even finish above 500 at 3-2 and in your final five games here. Where's your optimism coming from for that? Because from what I've seen so far this year, this doesn't look like a Bears team that currently sits at 4-8 and eight, that can go on some magnificent job-saving run down the stretch here that can be, quote-unquote, in the hunt and, like, significantly in the hunt, not just at 4-8 and eight and you get flashed up on a Fox graphic. NBC didn't even have you on that in-the-hunt graphic. 
So you look at the remaining schedule for the Chicago Bears, and it all starts on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. And again, the coverage here on ESPN 1000 starts at 7 a.m. with Jeff Meller and the Fantasy Show, then Bleck and Abdallah on the pre-pre-show, and then Waddle, or rather Sylvie, Dion, and Lance Briggs at 10 a.m. on the network pregame. All in to Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer and Jason McKee. But it starts this Sunday against Detroit, followed up by a trip to Cleveland to take on the Browns, a Browns team that, albeit without their quarterback, but Joe Flacco looked way better than I think a lot of people thought in that last game for the Browns against the Rams and a Browns team that is still fighting for a playoff spot right now. And then you're at home against the Cardinals on Christmas Eve, a Cardinals team that just beat the Steelers, a Cardinals team that looks like a completely different football team with Kyler Murray as their quarterback, and a team that plays pretty hard for their new coach, Jonathan Gannon. Then you go and host the Atlanta Falcons on New Year's Eve, an Atlanta Falcons team that right now is sitting at 500 and clinging to a one-game lead in the NFC South. Say what you want about how good Atlanta is or isn't, but the Atlanta Falcons would be a playoff team come today. And the Atlanta Falcons will be fighting for a playoff spot when they see the Bears in three weeks. Four weeks, I should say. And then you close it out against your hated rival, the Green Bay Packers. A Green Bay Packers team that has flipped a switch as of late. A Green Bay Packers team that may be finding their quarterback of the future. A team that's won three straight games and three pretty good results, too. Beat the Chargers 23-20. to We know how good that offense can be. The Chargers as a whole may not be a great team, but we know that team is capable of winning any game. Then on a short week, you go on the road and beat the Detroit Lions. Then you take down the Chiefs on Sunday night football. That's a Packers team that I don't think a lot of people want to face right now. And that's your schedule. Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta, Green Bay. A schedule that earlier in the year and even in the offseason, a lot of people probably thought, oh, that's a pretty soft landing. If the Bears are around 500 at this point, you really could be looking at a playoff spot. But the way that I see it now, you're looking at four teams in your final five that could be a part of the playoffs and one team that looks like a completely different team once they got their quarterback back. So where's your optimism, Bears fans? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Is it th- that the quarterback is playing better in moments? Because he wasn't great against Minnesota. I thought he was fantastic against Detroit on the road, but it's been these uneven performances by Justin Fields that still leave me weary. And I don't know what the reason for optimism is that this Bears team can indeed go on a run down the stretch here. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Roy's in Belmont Heights. What's up, Roy? Hey, what's going on, Tyler? Uh, there, uh, there is no optimism. The, the the Bears season was over back in October. Nothing the Bears and this organization can do in the last next couple of games uh, can save their jobs. Nothing the Bears can do. Uh, Matt Eberflus, uh, even Luke Getze, even uh, Justin Fields. I don't, nothing they can do these last games is going to be of any 
interest or anything like that. The season was lost back in October. There's no optimism. Sorry, there isn't. Yeah, listen, Roy, I'm right there with you. I, I don't have a lot of faith in this team to make some noise here down the stretch in the final five games. You hear people thinking that, oh, they could be an above 500 team, three and two. I think there is a very, very slim percentage chance that this team is three and two to close out the year. Now, would that be wildly successful? I think so. If this is a seven and 10 team, that's a significant jump from the year before. And not just that, but like seven wins, that kind of puts you in the territory of, hmm, maybe guys come back. You finish the year four and two if you lump that Minnesota game in. And maybe you start to see guys come back for better or for worse. Because that may not be the best case scenario for this Bears team. If there are skins on the wall for guys like Matt Eberflus and all of a sudden he can kind of pitch his defense as the plea for why he should remain the head coach of the Chicago Bears. I just I don't see a way where this team really goes on that run. There's still plenty of weak spots within the roster. And I think the quarterback, it's just been too inconsistent. We see flashes. The flash against Detroit. The flash against Washington. The first three quarters of the Denver game. But we also see some really bad quarterback play. Like what we saw against Minnesota. And what we saw in the early portions of the season against Green Bay and against Tampa and Kansas City. Like, it hasn't all been there for Justin Fields. Now, hopefully, listen, best case scenario is that Justin Fields does work out, and you do have to drop him a big bag of money. I just don't know if the final five games are what I'm going to really be using and evaluating for Justin Fields. I can't take the other 30-plus games out of my head. I can't. That still has to be a part of the evaluation process. Jerry's in Seattle. What's up, Jerry? Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good. What you got for us tonight? So, full disclosure, I was born at Ohio State University Medical Center. All right. And I have been a OH. Buckeye fan forever. So, Ohio, thank you. Um, and uh, so I will admit a little bit of bias when it comes to Justin. I have a, a great desire for him to succeed. But I also look with some reality, I think, and and – there's a couple of things when I look at Justin. The first is that we are seeing growth. It isn't he's not he's not Pat Mahomes, uh, but those are very few and far between. And I think Bears fans have been so starved, including myself, that we really want to see that flash. And believe me, I'm right there with everybody. I really want to see that sparkly thing and that that national conversation of, wow, the Bears have actually found a quarterback. But what we do have is someone who perhaps is far more talented than Dak Prescott, but will take the career trajectory of a Dak Prescott because this is the exact same conversation that was going on with the Cowboys. And now he's in the MVP conversation and the Cowboys are selected by some uh, as Super Bowl contenders uh, and, and even winners uh, by some. Uh, so I think we've seen growth in our defense. We've seen growth in Justin. He's, his rating is in the 90s. It was in the 60s last year. His, his rating's in the 90s. He's, he's obeying the coaches and playing the, within the game plan that they have. He's making the throws. 
And also, full disclosure, I had my first game at Soldier Field on October 1st to watch the Denver Broncos play. And for three quarters, I watched that kid throw some of the most amazing passes ever. It was a good one. And yes, the fumble was bad. I watched that play happen, and I was just upset as everyone. But the defense... They did the exact same thing in the Denver game going into the prevent defense that they did in the Detroit game. And if Eberflus had kept the pedal on in both those games with the defense, we'd have come out with two more victories. And if we're, you know, six and six right now, this is a completely different conversation. And when I think that you look at those kinds of things that are happening, you see growth in a very young team. We tore this team down to the studs last year. There was nothing left of it, nothing competitive about it, except for Justin Fields. And now it's growing and things are happening. And I can guarantee you one thing. If we blow it up and change the quarterback and the coaching staff, it doesn't matter if we bring in some great Caleb Williams or whatever the next sweet tooth thing is, we're going to set this back and we're going to begin this process all over again and we'll be evaluating everything. It's not like Harbaugh and Caleb Williams are going to come in and suddenly we're competing for an uh, well, why not, NFC Jerry? North title. I, because I think that Caleb Williams has some of the same flaws that have been pointed out about Justin, but he has none of the character, none of the leadership, none of those things. Justin is a guy who's there, who's got the team's ear. He's a character guy, and he's working hard, and he's showing the improvement. I, I think that if we keep this going and put more pieces around this team, we're going to compete over the next decade. All right. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Good call. I appreciate it. Thanks for checking in on Friday night there. I want to address something he said about Justin Fields and about the Bears and the quarterback situation coming up next. Tyler Rocky, sitting in for Bleck and Abdallah. You want to join us? 312-332-3776. This is an all-calls-welcome Friday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Chicago's home for sports. Bleck and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Tonight, talking all things Bears as they get set to take on the Lions. Also, go around a little bit of what I'm looking forward to in the NFL this weekend. It's a pretty, pretty good weekend of football that we've got on tap here. But let's continue to take some of your calls here. 312-332-3776 if you want to join us. I do actually, I, first I want to get to Jerry in Seattle's point from earlier. And he talked about Dak Prescott and the and how it relates to Justin Fields. First of all, for those who have listened to me for a while know, I am not the most fond of Dak Prescott. I have many a time called him Kirk Cousins with a star on his helmet. That's what he is to me. And I think that you look at his numbers, he puts up big numbers every year, but when you get into the playoffs, he falls short a number of times. Now, Dak Prescott is one of the favorites right now to win MVP. But something with Dak Prescott is that he's always 
needed a stellar supporting cast. Always. You look through the receivers that he's had. I mean, C.D. Lamb's having a fantastic year this year. You look at the offensive lines he's been gifted with, the running backs that he's had, the tight ends that have been invested in as well. Like Dak Prescott's always had a good supporting cast around him, which has allowed him to elevate. At a certain point, though, I want to see a quarterback that makes others better. I need to see a guy who elevates others. At a certain point, it can't be, he needs help, he needs help, he needs help. There's a limit to how much help you can feasibly give a quarterback while also paying them the money that you pay them. Now, whether or not Justin Fields remains long-term with the Bears, he's not going to be the guy that you're going to see along the bottom line ticker, and we're going to hit the breaking news sounder here, that he's shattered the NFL record for highest paid player. I don't think that'll be the contract that he would get if he were to hang around with the Chicago Bears. But if I'm going to pay a quarterback, he needs to be a guy that can elevate others. Look what's happening in Houston right now. C.J. Stroud is elevating a cast of receivers. He is elevating that team head coach seems like he's elevating that team and D'Amico Ryan's as well I just don't think that Justin is elevating the others around him I think DJ Moore is helping out Justin but what's happened with Darnell Mooney he's disappeared we haven't seen Darnell Mooney why haven't we seen him well looks like Justin misses him quite a few times and we saw it in the Viking game on the, the out near the sideline. And he just overshoots Darnell Mooney and nearly gets his head taken off because it was a bad throw on a third and long. That, like Those are the plays there why I still can't be bought into any of this Bears optimism the rest of the way. That's why I don't think this is a team that can be above 500. I think they're more likely to go one and four the rest of the way. And I think any sort of thought of that, oh, they can be above 500, is more of a critique of the league as a whole as opposed to this Bears team is turning a corner here. It's just the little things like that. I just need to see a guy that can elevate the other players around him. And right now I'm not seeing that with Justin Fields. 312-332-3776. And, and that's, that's my whole thing with Dak Prescott, too. I don't think Dak is a guy that necessarily has elevated the guys around. He's had a stellar defense this year, too. A defense that not only has gotten takeaways, but has gotten points. You know the first 12 touchdowns of the Dallas Cowboys season were equally distributed between passing, rushing, and defense? 4-4-4. Passing, rushing, defense. 4-4-4. This is a defense that's been scoring and helping out Dak Prescott and that's why he's not a guy that I would pay and that's probably why we haven't seen the Cowboys really make any noise in the playoffs since Dak took over 312-332-3776 if you want to join us here Mr. Carr is in Kankakee what's going on Mr. Carr hey what's going on man um got a lot got got a little bit to say real quick first I think Bears fans and Bears media are painting a bad picture as it relates to Justin Fields. First of all, 
the man was ranked 82 out of out of his peers just last year in a rebuilding year. Um, so I, I think it's a whole thing of us being unstable. Like we, we're looking for another Patrick Mahomes, and we're comparing him to, to everyone else. But I think Justin Fields is probably the most talented quarterback we've ever had in Chicago. But we we break down everything being extra meticulous over a, a overthrown pass, um, and he had a game winning drive. And actually, the first quarter he, he completed his first twelve throws. You I mean, remember there were, when there he, were screens, Mister Carr? I, I would hope yeah, that you're completing those well, throws. Well, but but they, they were completed, and 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 we, we don't we don't we don't speak on Justin. I mean, I'm sorry, Joe Burrow coming here throwing four interceptions with Cincinnati. Uh, well, last, just last year. But he's a franchise quarterback. We break down all the bad things that this guy's doing, and he's had two two different uh, offensive coordinators. Everything has been inconsistent. Everybody's been hurt. This is the first time all year we've been actually healthy as a team. Like, we have a microwave mindset when it comes to the fans and the media, and so we're rushing to push this guy out, and we haven't even given enough time. Of course, he's supposed to have a losing record. We have we've had a a rebuilding. Uh, we've, been, we've been rebuilding since he's been here. <laughs> what do you what, what, what do you want the man to do? No, listen. I get that part of it. Like I'm not holding his record last year against him. I'm just saying, last week against Minnesota was the first time he's truly led a game winning drive. And it okay. came in a game where the defense dominated. It, like that was say what you want about Justin Fields. We know last or the last time the Bears played against the Vikings two weeks ago, that was a defensive win. Okay. Well, well, I, I, I would say this: a lot of that is on the offensive coordinator. We knew coming in the game that they blitzed like crazy. They blitzed the first time, and they were they were knocking Justin Fields head off. So what, so what you do you do? You should, what do you do you to make it. sure he doesn't he doesn't you, get his you, head taken off? You, you have a better game plan as an offensive but coordinator. Isn't that the game plan right there? Get rid of the get the ball out of your hands quickly. Well, if I can't get the ball if I don't have anybody in front of me. How can I get rid of the ball? The offensive line, Mister Carr, from what I've seen this year, has not been the problem. No, we we've improved. I, listen, I'm not saying Justin Fields Justin Fields is perfect. Not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this is the best thing we've seen in Chicago, and if we continue to push this narrative to push him out. We're going to have a guy that we want so bad that has just as much of a fumble issue as he does. And the reason why Justin Fields fumbles as much as he does is because he has the ball too much. Does he get rid of it as he should most of the time? Probably not. But that's a work in progress. The guy is 23, 24 years old. And we're comparing him, and we want, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and that's he's, a one, he's one of one. He's probably the greatest quarterback ever. But we're comparing him to him. And, 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 and not to mention the Houston, Texas quarterback – he came into a ready-made situation. He didn't necessarily just up. What was the ready-made everybody. situation there, though? He had he had he had a he had a wise quarter. I mean, a, a, a offensive coordinator, first-time play caller, first-time head coach. Where did he come from? What do you mean? Where did he come from? Well, he came from a ready-made situation. So it, it wasn't like a it At wasn't Ohio like State, a bad situation. Yes, it, the quarterback. The whole put it like this. What I'm saying is. He had pieces in play where the situation for them, I, I pretty much saw them going about 500. We're not Houston? giving Justin Fields a chance. A lot of people thought Houston would be the worst team in the league this year. No, I didn't think so because they had enough pieces in play. 
So so next year, if we keep everything together, I see the same thing happening with us or probably the playoffs, but we're so quick to push them out. And, uh-huh. and guess, what, guess what's going to happen? If we do that, we're going right back. Like the last caller said, we're starting all over again. And you're going to hear a bunch of Bears fans crying, oh, my God, we should have kept them or whatever. If Justin Fields goes to somebody else with, with that, that knows how to, to move and, and acclimate to what, to what his skills are all the time and know how to and, and make better adjustments, on, on you know in in game decisions in game adjustments, man, we'll we'll see we'll see a bigger change. But you know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's where I'm at with it, man. You know, All we right. got to stop being microwave fans. All right, thanks for the call, Mr. Carr. Appreciate yeah. it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us as well here tonight, Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdal. It's all calls welcome here on this Friday night. Let's go to Darius in Glenwood. What's up, Darius? Hey, Aki, I appreciate you taking the call. So, man, all of this bears optimism. It has me nervous, man. I am not. There's no optimism. Uh, there's no optimism there, first of all. But these guys have me nervous, man. I feel like they're going to keep our current coaching regime, and I'm not a fan of that. I want hardball. That's what I want. I want I'm hardball with you. over here. Give me Jim. Here's the thing. So, uh, the last call you mentioned, you know, OCs and whatnot, and we've been talking about that recently. We need to get Gasky out of here, right? So if we keep, oh, gosh, if we keep Eberfuss and the current regime, we have to get rid of Gasky. And I want Ken Dorsey in there, man. I've been hearing a lot of OCs names, but I haven't heard anyone talk about Ken Dorsey. I mean, he wasn't the one throwing the picks over there in Buffalo. So I'm not sure why they got rid of him in the first place. What do you think about Ken Dorsey? Yeah, thanks for the call, Darius. So Ken Dorsey is interesting because – I'm not a huge Ken Dorsey fan. It seemed like that was Dable's offense that kind of came to a screeching halt. Not screeching halt. I shouldn't say that. That's that's harsh. It wasn't totally Dorsey's fault, but it didn't seem like he was what everything was made out to be, that it would be a seamless takeover when he went from QB coach to offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Ken Dorsey would not be my first pick as an offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. I would trust Jim Harbaugh, to, if he were the new head coach for the Chicago Bears, I would trust him to go out, find his guy. I would trust him. Just let him do what he sees as fit to compile a staff. If it's Ken Dorsey, it's Ken Dorsey. Uh, I haven't heard that name as a potential candidate. I haven't read that name anywhere as a potential candidate for the Chicago Bears, but I I look at the, the team that he came from, and there's a good quarterback there that didn't really feel like he was taking step forwards. And I think Brian Dable deserves a lot of credit. I mean, look at the two quarterbacks that Brian Dable has won games with the last couple of years. Daniel Jones, he took to the playoffs. And now Tommy DeVito is winning. Like Tommy DeVito, as a former college classmate of Tommy DeVito, was not even good in college, which is weird because I feel like we're getting to that point now with some NFL quarterbacks that we see in the league. Like, we're seeing guys who weren't even good in college, but they just don't want to hang up the Letterman jacket, so the NFL gives them a crack at it, and they hang around on a practice squad long enough, and enough guys get injured, and now we're seeing them go out and, and, and play on Sundays. You and DeVito used to party? Uh, I never went to a party with Tommy DeVito. I'm trying to think. I, I, I don't believe I ever saw Tommy DeVito out and about at a, in the, the wee hours of the night. 
That's a shame. I wish I did. I wish I did. But all right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us here, my big question though is where is your optimism that the Bears can go on a run the rest of the way? Because I'm struggling to find it. I don't see it with this Bears team right now. I think they're pretty far away right now from really going on a run to close out the season. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. All your calls coming up next. It's all calls Friday on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Talking Bears with you on an All Calls Welcome Friday. 312-332-3776. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah tonight. Where's your optimism for the Bears the rest of the way? I don't see it quite yet with this Bears team making a run here down the stretch. I haven't seen any consistency from this team all year long. So why would it start now? That's my question. 312-332-3776. Solomon's in Bellwood. What's up, Solomon? Hey, how you doing? How's it going? All right. Yeah, I just want to comment on the, the whole Justin Fields. I I just think, you know, we don't have a solid run game. So the Bears struggle. It's the whole running game. It, teams, you know, every quarterback benefits from a run game. If you look at Mahomes, for instance, they can still run the ball. So, you know, we want a quarterback to throw 40 times. We don't need a quarterback like that. We need a quarterback that's able to use the weapons and then make the throws when needed. And we can win. We still run game and defense. You know, we lack in that area of running the ball. Well, Sol- Solomon, the, the Bears have the third best rushing attack in football right now. Yeah, but if you take Justin Fields running for his life away, them yards, then what are we really? He, can't uh, he, he missed a number of games, too. He missed four games. Yeah, look at our record. We, we can't run the ball. You went 2-2 two and two in those games. We can't run the ball. If you watch, look at our game, we can't run the ball. If you look, we are in second and long a lot. If we're not using players passing the ball, we try to run, we're second and nine. We don't get our yards per carry. Look at the team. It's, it's not great. We're mediocre, and we need to improve on the run game. We could pass blocks on what, and he does need to get rid of the ball quicker. But he can, you know, that can, that's a, you know, he could develop that. That's something you can learn. But running the ball, he needs to be able to turn around, hand the ball off, and we get three, four yards instead of one yard. Because when we played Green Bay, they stepped on our run game. We couldn't run the ball, and they ended up winning the game because they knew we couldn't run the ball. So I just think that's what will help the Bears, Justin Fields. You know, we'll see him play better once we start running the ball better, not just wanting him to throw 40 times a game. That's not his game. He, he has a great deep ball. He makes big plays. He can run with it, but he still needs to be able to turn around like other quarterbacks, hand the ball off to his running back. You know, we have three of them we're using. And they'd be able to get yards for him, period. All right. Thanks for the call, Solomon. 
sorry, cut him off a little bit early there. But the Bears have, uh, listen, the running game is the least of my worries right now with the Chicago Bears. This is a Bears team that right now has three running backs, all averaging more than four yards a carry. Like, that's kind of the benchmark right there. If you can get to four yards a carry, that's your your happy spot that you want to be in. That's the the spot that you, you, you know you've got an effective running game. And to have three guys doing that, not to mention Fields, who's over five yards per carry as well, like, the running game is the least of my worries right now with the Chicago Bears. 312-332-3776. Rich is in Naperville. What's up, Rich? Hey, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Of course. Uh, I just have, have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who are the two best quarterbacks in football? Right now? Or right so now. I can't take anyone that's injured? Cause my uh, answer... Take the one that's injured. Okay. Take uh, the like, one that's could... injured, too. I can, t- I can take a guy that's injured? Yes, you Then can. I would go Mahomes and Burrow. Okay. So when I look at those quarterbacks, I look at, you said that uh, they make everybody else better around them. Mm-hmm. When I look at, you know, Barrels and when I look at, you know, the guy that uh, uh, that left uh, Green Bay. Rodgers. And I look at, you know, right, Rodgers. And then, you know, I look at, you know, uh, the guy in Kansas City. All of those, all of them are struggling or have struggled recently because they don't have supporting cast around them. And when I hear somebody talking about, you know, Justin Fields, he's got a line. When I sit there and watch a game where the left tackle gets bull rushed and ran over or drugged into the passing lane, and then when I look at the right tackle, okay, of uh, trying to throw a a block and then he misses it and he gets it. I don't get it. I don't know what you guys are seeing. And particularly when there's no pocket, there's no pocket because we don't have a center that can hold his place, okay, instead of being driven back into his face. So I don't understand what we're talking about. Like he's got all of these different, you know, things that are out there. And if he throws the the ball to more, Okay, and, and, and they win. I don't care if he throws the ball to anybody else unless, unless it's a tight end or to a check down, okay, because, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do. So, I mean, just tell me what you think on that. Yeah, thanks for the call, Rich. Um, here's what I'll say about Mahomes and Rodgers, who he brought up there. I'll never feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because he was the general manager. He picked his supporting cast. So... It's one thing if your GM doesn't go out and get you help. It's another thing when you're the one clinging to Alan Lazard and insisting that Randall Cobb's in your huddle, a very washed-up Randall Cobb. I'll never feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. On the Mahomes part, please find me the bad Patrick Mahomes season. Please find me the bad Patrick Mahomes season. He has been to three Super Bowls, one, two, Last year, he did it without Tyreek Hill, who is going to go down as probably the best wide receiver that's played in the last 20 years. Like, find me the bad Patrick Mahomes year. He's made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, and it's because he's elevated guys. He's made guys good. Look at, like, Byron Pringle was on this team last year for the Chicago Bears. Byron Pringle was solid with the Kansas City Chiefs. Guy couldn't touch the ball here. 
But Patrick Mahomes found a way. He's elevated guys like Kadarius Toney, despite the fact that he has the drops. He's made guys better. How many times do we see Justin Watson go out and make a play? Or Noah Gray, that like weird rogue tight end catch that he'll occasionally have. Like I find me the bad Patrick Mahomes season, then we can have a conversation. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. Michael is in Winfield. What's up, Michael? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for taking my call. Usually I call earlier in a Wild and Sylvie show, but you know, I just I missed them, and I hear you guys talking, and I just – everybody's dogging Justin Fields and the offensive line, but it's not only him. Yeah, he's missing some open guys, but when, when Luke Getze is calling a wide receiver screen three times in a row, I mean, that's just awful. Like, I'm available this Sunday. I will come and be the offensive coordinator, and I will 100% put up at least 28 points because why are you not ruling Fields out? If nothing's open, he can throw it away. Or if you go back and look, I don't know why Luke Getze is doing run designs because all of Justin Fields' yardage on the run is with a play breakdown in the pass. It's not a design run. It's something breaks out or he rolls out, and all the DBs – Backs turned, and it's like, why wouldn't I run for 40 yards? So, yeah, I, 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 Justin Fields is a little to blame. He's missed some guys open, and he's done better recently. But, I mean, Luke Getze, like, stop doing the wide receiver screen. It's not working. And why would you do it when you have D.J. Moore as your blocker? I mean, that guy is a straight-up beast. He needs to get the ball in slant routes. I mean, go play Madden. Luke Getze needs to go play Madden. Do the floods and the slants and the curls because it's it's an, it's impossible to stop. So, you know, I I, I love you, Tyler. You, you're a man. Let me know what you think. I, I'm available on Sunday if the Bears. Hey, Michael. Wanna, Michael, wanna hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, you're available Sunday. Yes. Let's hear your first fifteen. Go. What's your first fifteen scripted plays? Let's let's hear them. Well, what do we got? Where are we, I, what are we I, running? I, I need to know. I left my play sheet at home, but honestly, <laughs> I, I'm doing. Play one is probably going to be a play action because every single game the Bears come out and they hand the ball off. And then, you know, depending on that, maybe I'm going to roll them out. I'm going to do an RPO. I'm going to roll them out, though. I mean, All right, well, two down. You know, you know, and then, yeah, pound the ball. I mean, you have All to right. establish the run. You have to establish the run. I mean, you made, you made a perfect point that everybody is, is at least four yards of carry, not to mention Justin Fields, but those – those carries are not designed run. I mean, he almost got his head knocked off because they're running them to, the, like, the five hole or something, and he's just getting obliterated by these linebackers that are licking their chops. It's like, roll him out. Do a play action, but roll him out. I guarantee, I mean, a linebacker has to be designated focused on Justin Fields when he rolls out. So maybe the open, the middle of the field will be open for a DJ Moore or a Darnell Mooney or – I don't know. Cole Komet has turned out to be top five tight end in the league. Mm, we need to lean on these guys. A little ambitious there, but yes, he has been better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I see it. This year, his blocking is his pass catching is insanely better than it was last year. But I mean, I, I, I can't go off the top of my head. Fifteen plays. I get what you're saying, <laughs> and I appreciate it. Uh, but if I had, you know, a day to prep, yeah. Yeah, I'm at least putting up 28 points because I'm taking at least two shots down the field. Well, if you're putting, I don't even care if they're if you're fit. putting up 28 points, then I mean we've got ourselves a, a future NFL coordinator here. If you're averaging 28 points per game in the NFL, 
Michael? Like, what, what, I mean, what's your day job, if you don't mind me asking? I'm a salesman. I think I you can quit instrumentation. it. You can quit it. Because well, I think, I I think, an, offensive coordinator, I think an offensive <laughs> coordinator is a pretty lucrative job. Well, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to see the offer first, you know, and, you know, before I quit my day job. But, Rolling in it you know, over it, there. You know, it's just, I, I just, I want, I want more accountability on Luke Getzey. When you do the same wide receiver screen three times in a row, I mean, it gets picked for touchdowns. Or, you know, thank God these corners don't know how to catch because, you know, they're they're just doing the same play, and and the other teams know it. I mean, change, if you roll Justin Fields out at least, we'll say. 12 times a game and take two shots down the field after you pounded the ball, do a play action. It will be there. DJ Moore is very hard to guard. It will be there, especially if the, if the running game is established, but I mean, do a play action, roll them out. I mean, for God's sakes, throw the ball deep in the Vikings game. I get it. Like you got to take what you can get and the scraps were there, but like, I mean, you know, at least, I mean, we got the ball how many times, how many turnovers. And in the Lions game, it's like Luke Getze just hits the e-brake. I mean, don't play conservative. You're not making the playoffs this year. I want to see Justin Fields throw the ball down the field. Don't don't play this conservative, well, let's hand the ball off, let's play the timeout game. That's That's what you do when, yeah, you're trying to, you know, hold on to a win, but you're going to make the playoffs. I mean... To me, uh, this is a long rant. I appreciate you letting me get it out, Tyler, but the Bears would be 100% morons if they pick any quarterback because it's a quarterback or it's Marvin Harrison Jr. And if you have Justin Fields, Marvin Harrison Jr., DJ Moore, I like that than a Caleb Williams and a DJ Moore or a Drake May. Hello, anybody watch last night? We've seen the North Carolina game. I mean, mm. uh, you know, yeah. Drake Bay is a little bit more established than, yeah. than Mitch. But, <laughs> all right, Mike, I got to I mean, run. All right, thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. I love you, man. That's Michael and Winfield. Appreciate the phone call there. 312-332-3776 if you want to join us here. When we come back, we've got the song of the night. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah tonight, and each night... Around 6.50, we bring to you the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. We go to 1997 and Metallica. Fuel is your song of the night.
So why is Fueled by Metallica our song of the night? Well, that is because on this day in 2013, Metallica became the only band to have performed on all seven continents after they held their Freeze Em All concert in Antarctica. Now, in 2008, Fall Out Boy tried to play in Antarctica, but had to cancel because of the inclement weather. Now, they did not play Fuel down in Antarctica. But the reason we're playing Fuel is because pretty much every single Metallica song has already been taken on Song of the Night. And I just wanted to tell the story about the fact that they were going to Antarctica to play in a concert. Now, Antarctica is one of those places that I have zero interest in going to. Oh, come on. You penguins. Wanna, you want to go to Antarctica? If I want to go see penguins, go to go to Alaska. I, wait, you see penguins you're, you're, there? You're almost there. But, oh, wait, no, it's the other direction. Yeah, Never we're mind. The, we're not going to the North Pole, Kevin. I'm in the, the holiday tempo. spirit. All right. Reverse your hemispheres there. But, yeah, I, I, I have a friend who went to... First of all, I feel like getting to... Antarctica in and of itself is just a logistical nightmare to begin with. You need the Metallica money to, to be able to get down yeah, there in so the first place. This was a concert, I believe, for 120 people. Now, that's pretty cool. If you have, like, a 120-person show, like, that, that's, like, a very select audience, that's cool. But I think that if you're flying to Antarctica to get this exclusive experience, I'm out. No thank you. I, I don't have any desire to go down to Antarctica. I had one friend that went down there for... I don't even remember what they were doing down there. They just went. They went to Antarctica and just came back. was like, yeah, I went to Antarctica. And I don't think anybody... It's a very niche thing that few people can say they do, but I don't think you're cooler for having done it. Oh, I do. You do? Oh, yeah. Do you want to go to if Antarctica? I, I don't want to go, but if I heard somebody tell me they went to Antarctica, I, I would be impressed by I that. I feel like you're paying for torture. A little like, bit, first yeah. of all, the, the plane to get down there does not sound fun. And then you have to take the trip back. And then you probably are living in darkness down there the entire time. And you're freezing your ass off, Maybe too. You get some field cheer, and you're all good. Does the battery even work down there? Like... You're going to have to charge that thing. Do they have electricity in Antarctica? Like, I don't know. I'm out. Future probably could, because it's that good. In the literal sense, they would be a little bit cooler, though. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Fuel, your song of the night. You're on Black and Abdallah. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Back in two minutes. This is Black and Abdallah.